Americans, it took a village, not just to raise the children, but actually to run the village. Some labor was divided by gender, but no labor was devalued, especially because of gender. Restrictions on achievement were only made on the basis of ability. Inheritance was often evenly divided among children with neither gender gaining any more or less than the other. Welcome to the Shrinks on Third Psychology and Social Justice podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Come on in. Welcome. Cindy and I have been wondering what it would be like if women were in charge. Like if there were a culture where women were always head of household, made all the decisions and basically had all the power. We have wondered about it and we've been learning about it. And today we're going to talk about matriarchal societies in Native America. Yes, I guess we should start where we are before we get to where we might wanna be. We live in a patriarchal society. Let's start with exactly what that is. The main thing about patriarchy is that men hold the power and women are excluded from it. It's a system in which the father or oldest man is head of the household and they have authority over the women and children. Men make decisions and rules. Women stay home and take care of the kids. So fun. Yes, it is. <laughs> Patrilineal societies are those in which property is inherited through the male lineage. European societies are overwhelmingly patrilineal. So now let's describe what a matriarchal society looks like. Matriarchy is a system of society or government in which women hold the power and authority to make the rules and decisions. Women govern differently from men, though. You mean matriarchies are not simple reversals of patriarchies, where women dominate men the same way men dominate women? The way patriarchy works is that men look to have power over other people, all other people, whether women or even other men. So how do women do it differently? Well, some women would love to dominate men. That's true. <laughs> Usually women look to have power with people, not of or over them. In a matrilineal society, property and inheritance is passed down the mom's line. It's the mother's bloodlines that matter. In many of these kinds of societies, women and their children live or lived in houses with the maternal side of the family. Some of the more well-known matrilineal tribes of the first people are the Lenape, Hopi, Cherokee, Chickasaw, Iroquois, Pueblo, Lakota, and Navajo, which is Diné. Many indigenous women had complete control over the domestic scene. For Native Americans, each nation's government and organizational structure is different. But in general, in matrilineal tribes, the family of the women owned the livestock, the land, and the homes. The mother's clan was the clan you were born into and the one you were part of. Motherhood was the most central. The earth, fields, and sacred mountains were all called mother, as were corn and sheep. 
the ability to create and sustain life were really highly valued, of course. Well, corn and sheep and buffalo with some tribes were really important. Yeah, for survival. Life-sustaining, life yeah. There were many different tribes throughout North and South America, and they varied as to whether they were patriarchal, matriarchal, matrilineal, patrilineal, various combinations. Some had only male chiefs, but the women called the shots. Women were often behind the scenes calling the shots. They made the decisions, but allowed the men to voice them or carry them out. Many Native American tribes or clans were matrilineal and many were egalitarian when it came to gender. Men and women didn't do the same work, but all work was viewed as equally important. Hunting, gathering, caring for children, cooking food, all other jobs, whether outside the home or within it, were viewed as equally important, which, you know, when you think about it, obviously they are. It all has to happen for life to continue. So in some tribes, women owned the fields and took care of them, managed the food, made the clothing. Manual labor and domestic labor were highly valued. They respected each other, regardless of gender, because jobs like building houses, carrying water, doing domestic chores, all of it was critical for life. Right. And women could enforce a decision or express an opinion, for example, by refusing to give the men food or the moccasins they needed. That could stop them from heading to war. Similar to that, only men were allowed to sit on the ruling council, but only women were allowed to appoint the men to the council. They could also remove any man if they didn't feel he was performing well as a leader. It was the women who decided who was allowed to make and enforce the rules. Hmm. It seems like the women in societies like this recognize that different skills are required for everyone to contribute so that everyone can live well. And that's one of the different ways that women lead. The women in these matriarchal societies didn't have absolute authority as men have in patriarchal societies, but they were strongly involved in decision-making for their family and for the entire tribe. They were seen as having innate ability to reason and wisdom because, hey, they were the ones who created life itself. That's right. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> Women are goddesses. Here's an amazing fact. There are at least six current matriarchal societies that have existed with that structure for centuries all around the world. We have too much to talk about to go into those because we're staying focused on the First Nations in our own country. Yeah, so unfortunately, as tribes were conquered around our own country and forced to be, quote, civilized, the status of women fell and the gender relations in the tribes were influenced by the Europeans. The colonizers brought Christianity and patriarchy, Christianity is very patriarchal, to spread across the country. Many believed patriarchy is the natural order of humanity because men's dominance is natural and biological, of course. You mean their physical dominance, of course. I think that's what they're talking, that's what they yeah. thought. And it was all that Europeans had ever experienced. So when they met various tribes throughout the continent, they just assumed the men were in charge and the women, even those in powerful tribal positions, they couldn't understand their language. So they just assumed they were just the wives, mothers and daughters and were mainly useful as property. So even though women were the decision makers or 
equal to men in many of the nations. The invaders had no clue and disrespected the women. They saw the women working in the fields, building and tending to the homes, and they just assumed they were subordinate since they were doing the work that colonizers considered menial or not important. Only the male leaders were recognized and engaged with. They couldn't see the honored status of women. They could only see the tribes through their own European subjective view. And they ridiculed those who thought it was really different, who saw the reality. It just all sounds so white male. Yes, it does. To the Native Americans, it took a village, not just to raise the children, but actually to run the village. Some labor was divided by gender, but no labor was devalued, especially because of gender. Restrictions on achievement were only made on the basis of ability. Inheritance was often evenly divided among children with neither gender gaining any more or less than the other. In some societies, women held a more central role than men. Men often held leadership positions for intertribal meetings and leading raids and wars, of course. <laughs> Within the clans, women had equal say in all decisions, sometimes with veto power. Mothers had full say over child rearing and sometimes a mother's sibling, brother, had some say, but biological fathers had little input in the day-to-day -day raising of the children. So with Europeans devaluing women, of course, the impact it had over time was that some of the Native American men also learned to do so. Some adopted that toxic masculine macho image thing and began to separate out some of the work that was seen as less important, such as the work generally seen as women's work, taking care of hearth and home. It's just sad. Agreed. Disrespect of women was learned and played a large part in replacing indigenous culture and society with the patriarchal values of the white European colonizers. Unlike matriarchal societies that govern with others, patriarchal societies work to govern and control others. Disrespecting women is important in the strength of patriarchy. When male leaders signed away rights to property, it was often property that didn't even belong to them in the matrilineal societies. But this was ignored by the colonizers. It was irrelevant to them. While women tried to stop this within their tribes, their own men often ignored them because they were learning that they no longer mattered. Yeah, although I think it wouldn't have mattered what happened, the colonizers were, were taking that land. That is true. Even First Nation societies that were matriarchal began to change. Whites documented what they saw and influenced what they believed. It changed the history and actually dismantled the structural organizations of the societies that were here before the invaders. Women were ignored and their influence and respect was erased from history or never even written in. Women were made invisible, seen as property, just the way white men saw them. And what didn't get dismantled naturally by these false assumptions and horrendous behavior was dismantled more fully through the assimilation program that first people were forced to be part of. Not only did women no longer hold their high status, they were forced into much more dependent roles. Many of the tribes through assimilation began to shift to a profit generating economy. Again, it's totally unlike First Nation behaviors prior to Europe's influence, 
But through trading posts, women and men were still able to equally contribute economically to the family by weaving rugs and blankets, making jewelry, belts, etc. So they influenced changing that and women's role as the educator and transmitter of culture changed when Congress passed the compulsory Indian education law, forcing Native American children to attend boarding schools to civilize them with European customs and curricula. Wow. I mean, we've been hearing lately about the graves that they're finding at these schools with hundreds of these children. Yeah. Some parents tried to hide their children. The police would come and pick the children up when their families resisted. And then in the schools, children were punished for speaking their native languages. And teachers worked hard to get rid of any trace of their culture, which was considered savage. This is so awful. Basically, the white culture was trying to erase them. Yeah, they really were. And then they were on these reservations and neither the men nor the women were educated to perform occupations outside of them. So the jobs that were available off reservations, such as in mines or on the railroad, were offered mostly to the men. And the men working off the reservation increased their exposure to white culture, which had these negative effects. Of course, there were some positive effects, such as some of the men served in the military, like during World War II, and were able to earn pensions and gain some knowledge that could help them find even better paying jobs. Yeah, I have to guess though that overall, there was so much trauma. The men were so traumatized being forced into the European style society you know, alcoholism increased, abuse increased, all the things you see when a, when a culture is um, so threatened. But back to the military, there were some Native American women in the military, but they were fewer and the jobs paid much less. And, you know, when this kind of thing happens, family networks get broken up. Sometimes men had to move their wives and children to keep jobs so they would separate from the rest of the people that they had been with. It's just awful. Yeah, to your point about the alcoholism and the way it feels that the men who worked outside of the home, yeah, there were some positive things that they found, but they also found racism, low pay, poor treatment, Native Americans faced rising suicide and high-risk behaviors. Uh, and since this was especially a problem for the men, the women had to keep things going as always, but without the respect or authority they once had. So if you're wondering how people get to those high-risk behaviors like alcoholism and suicide, I think we can say that when you take away status, identity, traditions, and the strength of community, when you destroy it, you create a lot of pain. And that pain leads to addiction and depression and so many other things that come from suffering. And then it's handed down from generation to generation. Yes. And then we judge them for having high rates of alcoholism and being poor the American government enforced patriarchy in so many ways. Still does. Yep. Matrilineal traditions were ignored in treaties and in putting together records. For example, in the census, men were the only ones considered heads of household and eligible to own land. So men were listed as owning all the livestock and the land, even when it belonged to his wife or her family. So eventually the US government changed the First Peoples organization to match the only way they knew. They centralized it, even among tribes that had no relation to each other. 
and they put men in all of the leadership positions. It's so frustrating and horrible. They so didn't see the people in their cultures that, and they didn't care about them either. They felt right. like, you know, just basically were anyone, everyone was inferior to white men. So they just imposed their beliefs. They basically destroyed an entire way of life. They did, they didn't see them, they didn't look. Before all these changes, men in the tribes welcomed and expected the participation of women in roles of leadership and decision-making and women were not expected to keep quiet. But then white men took over. When the US helped organize the Navajo Tribal Council in 1923, women were not allowed to vote for the first several years, even though nationally, American women even had suffrage by then. Over the years, few women have served on the Tribal Council. While the US tried to enforce patriarchy by putting men in charge of households and appointing them as the political leaders, in many Native American families, women still held an equal voice in decision-making. Well, fortunately, over time, the Native American movement has gained ground in fighting for their rights and resisting giving up their culture. The feminist movement also affected Native American women somewhat, but white feminists weren't necessarily looking out for the special interests of other groups. It's true. The feminist movement did promote policies throughout the U.S. that affected gender dynamics, like improving women's education and job opportunities. But at the same time, the patriarchy in the U.S. still wanted to force Native Americans to integrate into mainstream society and wanted to end relations with Native Americans as a separate group. So through the policy literally called the termination policy, the federal government planned to just pay tribes whatever they owed them, end their relationship, and put the land up that they had already given and promised them for sale. So over 100 tribes were terminated from federal assistance, and approximately two and a half million acres of their lands were taken away from them. And that started in the 1940s. And then with the civil rights movement in the 1960s, Native Americans fought back against the idea that money would erase the damage done to their culture, their land, and their people. Both women and men participated in activist organizations, although there were far more male leaders, especially in the beginning. However, when police jailed more men, women then took over more of the leadership. Native Americans finally won their right to their own cultural identity in 1975. That's pretty late. Yeah. Through the Indian Self-Determination and Educational Assistance Act, making tribes independent and no longer forcing them to assimilate. The Native American movement also brought a feeling of pride that the colonizers tried to crush preserving traditions and cultural ways, as well as keeping control over land and resources is as important to them as it would be to any people. But the gender dynamics through these years of influence more mirrors that of American society. Most Native American women saw patriarchy as the result of assimilation and did not feel the same need as white American women to fight against the men of their own ethnicity but really what they needed to fight against was the colonial oppression of the Europeans. Because they saw where that was coming from. Yeah. Native American women wanted to improve the lives of women, just not necessarily for the same reasons as white women. 
White women wanted equality with men to get access to the same education, job opportunities, and rights. They wanted their identity to be less defined by marital status and the roles of wife and mother. But while many white feminists felt that motherhood was the source of women's oppression, Native American women found the role empowering because being a mother and grandmother increased their status. Many clans held a deep respect and love for women. During the 1970s and 80s, many college-educated indigenous women were able to find jobs both on and off reservations, and their position in their communities began to shift again. Since women held more college degrees, they had more job choices and could bring in more money, so they raised their economic status. Native American women were able to go from jobs like house cleaning, servers, cooks, in the 40s to more professional jobs like teachers, professors, nurses, social workers, other professions. And they continue to hold more and more higher positions. So although economically the feminist movement helped make the Navajo gender dynamics closer to what they were before, women still lag behind politically. It's been hard for women to get into the Navajo tribal council. For example, it took almost 30 years for the first woman to get elected in 1951 and the number of women on the council has been under 10 out of 88 since then. Women are more than willing to take the lead when it comes to the welfare of their people, whether they're more assimilated or whether they prefer more traditional ways of living. Unfortunately, but not surprisingly, while the men's political status has increased, their social status has decreased in many ways. There's high unemployment and racism, as we mentioned, and all the trauma like erasure, disregard, loss of identity, culture, community, all of those things, all, all of that makes things worse. And cause more men than women to engage in risk-taking behaviors that contribute to lowering men's life expectancy. Cases of violence against women show men's disrespect for themselves and for women. Native American men continue to be influenced by white men and American culture. Now it seems like some of these problems won't change within the Native American communities unless they change in society as a whole. It seems like the important thing to do here is to help Native Americans regain and maintain their self-determination in their own affairs and live life on their own terms. Groups doing this work include the Association on American Indian Affairs at indian-affairs.org. The American Indian Movement at aimovement.org focuses in urban areas and addressing poverty and police brutality in Native American communities. Native American women also created the Indigenous Women's Network, a coalition to stop violence against Native women, csvanw.org. Thanks for coming in. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shrinksonthird. Till next time. Take care.